right. Well, welcome to the Think Podcast. It is Worldview Wednesday. Uh, my name is Joel Sedicase, and I'm joined today by guest host, Ira Milton. And uh, Ira, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm a long-time listener. <laughs> long-time First listener. First-time guest. Well, dude, um, I, uh, I really do appreciate you making time out of your day. Um, for those who are maybe joining us for the first time, or if you're watching this later on YouTube, on Facebook, or uh, if you're listening to it on the podcast, um, Worldview Wednesday is normally when Pastor Rafe and I hop on to talk about a particular issue, a current event that is um, that a lot of people are talking about. And what we do is we address it from a biblical worldview. And um, so we're going to do the same thing today. Pastor Rafe is out of town. He's with his family, doing family things. He, I know he's, he's working today, but he's in an area where there's not a lot of, not a lot of uh, great Wi-Fi. So um, now this brother right here, I will say, when I want to talk about worldview stuff, um, he's probably like, he's up there on the list, maybe fourth or fifth on the list. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. Well, yeah. No, there's, there's, there aren't too many people uh, who are better at discussing this stuff. And, um, and providing a, a good voice of, of sanity and clarity and reason. And um, if you want to know more about Ira and sort of what he's all about, he's going to be sharing his story. Uh, I'm not going to be doing a ton of talking today other than just it, it's going to be a little bit like an interview, but we're going to get into some worldview issues and things like that. But um, let's start with your your job title, because I'm, I probably read your job title like four or five times today and tried to like memorize it and figure <laughs> out what it is. I know it has to do with intellectual property rights and something else. Yeah. What do, what what do you do? You and me both. Uh, <laughs> I still don't understand it. You know, it's actually funny. I got this job back in and this year, January, so it just started. Uh, so what I do is essentially I manage the calendar for a law firm, Schultz's multiple clients' IP portfolios. Uh, specifically, I work with the trademarks, copyrights. That kind of thing, um, and what happens with those is is uh, you have to interact with the government. They mm -hmm. set dates. Someone wants to get a trademark or copyright. You have to interact with the what's called an examiner, and it's a lot of back and forth. A lot of money is spent, and uh, what happens is they send back dates of uh, say they have an issue with something. They'll send back a date. I'm the one who manages that date. I see the. I look at the data, look at the emails and communications they send, and then I track those dates and okay. interpret what they're saying, uh, essentially, to pick out a date, and then the rest is history. I do that through a system. It's actually quite common. You know, probably a lot of people don't know about it, uh, but it's an interesting field, and it's booming now. Hmm. So, uh, Why is it booming right now? Well, because IP in the legal field is still kind of relatively new. People are really how, realizing how important it is. Mm. Um, so a lot of companies now are, are building IP departments to handle their IP. Okay. And IP, intellectual property. Yeah. yeah okay. Intellectual property. So. so is that is it booming because of all the stuff with China right now? And oh, that more. Yeah, because there's another side. There's the counterfeiting and the right. that kind of side too, which I was involved with before. You were involved in counterfeiting. Let the record show that <laughs> no, you you handled that stuff. I was involved with handling Got it. the okay. counterfeit cases. <laughs> you know, um, essentially I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I 
assist the lawyers. Okay. Uh, not a lawyer by choice. Okay. I want to let the record state. Yeah. By choice. That's right? good. So any lawyer jokes you guys want to leave in the comments? Not for me. I'll laugh with you. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> speaking of, uh, uh, well, we'll get there in a second, but um, you are, um, in addition to um, your career, you are, I know, proud husband and father and um tired husband tired tired father <laughs> i'll say that today right now are you are you tired today i'm tired man why I'm tired. it's been crazy it's been a crazy week so far you've just been locked home with your family for the last three months why, why would you be tired i'm not gonna say that on the record brother <laughs> you're gonna give me a trouble i see you get the mother guys you're not gonna get oh uh, yeah 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 that's good that's good <laughs> i can tell you do watch the show let me ask you this are you able to take your hat off right now oh yeah, I can. Okay. I don't know if you're having a bad hair. Yeah, yeah it looks uh, pretty good. It's, it looks better than mine does when I take my it's hair. It's better. It's like post-COVID. I was able to get that post-COVID cut. Oh, yeah? From the from post-quarantine cut. And Dude, it, isn't that a good feeling? Oh, man. It's great. I've never been so excited to get to a barbershop. Seriously. Where do you go? I go to this place over here. Man, it's called the Art of Manliness. I Right over here on Cicero. Yeah. 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 Shout out. Art, Art of Manliness. Art of Manliness. Yeah. Barber over there is a good guy. Actually, they go to the gym I go to as well. So it's like, that's nice. That's what I like about Portage. Like, everybody's kind of within an area, all the businesses supporting each other and stuff. So, right on, man. That's, yeah. that's very cool. Yeah. So, um, so we are entering whatever week this is of lockdown. Things are starting to open up. And, okay, just as things are starting to open up, just as we're starting to feel like there could be, a little like a light at the end of the tunnel. Like maybe 2020 is not going to turn out to be yeah. all the apocalypse movies in one. <laughs> then <laughs> some similar normal normalcy is returning. Yes. Then uh, Officer Derek Chauvin kneels on George Floyd's neck for multiple over eight minutes, kills him, yeah. and the world erupts into. Pretty much the opposite of a lockdown. Everybody's now oh. out. Everybody is. Uh, you've got a, this mix, right? You've got the protesters. You've got the rioters. You've got the stuff going on in Seattle as we record this. There's the People's Atlanta, Republic of Chaz. All of Atlanta. There's um, all this stuff is going on, and uh, early on, and I'm going to share. I'm going to share a little bit of an awkward moment just to sort of set the scene that I had when, when all this stuff was going on. I was talking to my brother. Who we normally do Thunder Thursday, Sounds of Thunder, Sounds of Thunder with, yeah. And he was telling me about how when all this stuff started erupting, he was calling his black friends, right? And I'm like, well, I don't want if I call Ira, I don't want you to feel like <laughs> it was just this awkward thing for me because it's like I know neither you and I are really like, well, well this is gonna come out. You're gonna see sort of where our worldview is as we go. But it was this awkward thing because it's like, well, I do care about Ira. He's my friend. If he's hurting at this time. Obviously, I want to reach out, but it's so obvious the white guy reaching out to the black guy, and it just it felt so awkward. But uh, but I did. Call I remember him. when you called. I said, "This is awkward." <laughs> right. We were both like, "All right, you're the you're the fifth white buddy to call me." <laughs> right, right. And and but you were you know very gracious about it, and you know after we got over the initial awkwardness, I mean it was like any other conversation. Like we laughed, we talked, and um, but uh, but. With everything that's been going on, dude, um, 
there's this combination of things, Rafe, be, Pastor Rafe being out of town. And then I know that you recently had an opportunity to share your story, to share your opinion. And I know you want to give the legal um, uh, disclaimer first, but what, why don't we just, just take the mic, uh, tell us about your story. Tell us, you know, what was your life like um, before encountering Jesus Christ? How did you have that encounter? How's life been since? And what's your take on all the stuff that's going on right now? We'll just sort of leave it at that. Yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, first, let me start off with saving the obvious. I'm a black man. Been a black man in Chicago for about 32 years. Uh, you know, and it's, it's, I grew up on the west side of Chicago, uh, Austin neighborhood uh, called 15th District. Police very well. And, uh, you know, I, I would say that, uh, you know, I'll give you my disclaimer. Probably since, probably since I was younger. If you call my mom now, she'll tell you. I've always had, you know, different, differing opinions. You know, I'm a bit of a hetero, heterodox when it comes to these things, you know, and that my opinions tend to be a little more contrarian. Um, and it become, comes from my experience, I believe, too. So, um, but I, I've, I'd say, uh, you know, prior to coming to Christ, my life was probably like the majority of other African Americans. Um, my disclaimer, I give my disclaimer now. I'm a, I speak um, as one black man, not for the entire community. Uh, the experiences I share are, are mine. Maybe some people can relate. Maybe they can't. Disclaimer given on the record. Um, so, you know, I think my experience is like most African-Americans, you know, I grew up in church, my family attended church religiously every Sunday. I actually grew up in a Pentecostal church, uh, family home, won't say the name right now. Um, and that was, you know, I, I, I'd say my experience. Did you say family owned? Yeah. It was like a, it was a family church. Everybody there is related Okay. in some way for the most part, distant or otherwise. Cool. Um, and so, you know, you know, I got my first form of, of, of religion and, and who God is from that perspective growing up. Um, and from there, you know, I probably spent about 12, 12, you know, 12 to 15 years there. Uh, there's a church here on the west side of Chicago, um, also in Austin neighborhood. And then my parents took us out of that church we moved, we went to a prosperity church. Um, and I say prosperity church because that's what it was. Um, and that also on the west side, uh, but in Forest, I think it was Forest Park or where it was. Anyways, um, and that was around the time I was hitting my college age. Um, I had started to kind of form my own opinions. And one of the things, and I think I share this with a lot of probably millennials who were growing up is, I had a lot of questions and I started the question movie and I wasn't getting a lot of answers. Instead, mm. I was getting a lot of shutdowns and people very, very uh, dismissive. And so I, yeah. I, I left the church at 18. Uh, I went to college and you know, I started the major in philosophy. I got smarter than God, you know, and, and, right. and, and that was that. I just, listen, I don't got to listen to that stuff anymore. Yeah. You know, it doesn't make sense. There's no evidence. You know, it was nonsense to me at that time. Mm -hmm. So I, I spent a lot of time kind of just seeking value and a bunch of different things, whether it was 
women, academia, you know, career success, a lot of that. Um, I actually, I started uh, uh, learning, was it uh, Latin dance? Is something oh, yeah, else right. I got into. I don't know. I, yeah. That was so random, but yeah. I ended up falling into that. Where were you going to school? I was going to, I started out in NIU, Cal, mm-hmm. and graduated from uh, Roosevelt. Okay. So, um, and, you know, I just, that was my experience. Uh, I met my wife doing Latin dance, uh, future wife at the time. And, um, you know, I, I had a lot of that. I was very full of myself. Let's say that. Very prideful. Uh, still am in some ways. But, uh, you know, I, I just I had no time, I thought, for any religious talk or, or anything about theism. Just didn't make any sense. It had been squished out of me in in college, I would say. Um, and then, you know, personal crisis hit. Uh, you know, I just started to find a lack of, of I don't know, let's say conviction, lack of, of struggling with a lot of just uh, identity things mm. that was just plaguing me. You know, and I just thought, I don't know how to fix or address this. You know, I was able to see that I had some faults, but the way I was trying to justify them wasn't exactly working. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I found myself just thinking myself more into a crisis and falling into depression and all of those things. A lot of it had to do with my relationship at the time with my, you know, then girlfriend, now wife. Um, so you guys were dating through this whole we time? Were, we started, we were dating through that on and off. You know, yeah. Um, mostly because of me. You know, I just I didn't want to commit to anything. Sure, I was just battling, um, and I didn't know how to identify myself because it was weird. I, I don't want to backtrack a little bit. You know, as an African American man, black man, you know, I, I would say I got to experience a lot more than others that I know. You know, I lived in another country, traveled. College, all of those things. What country? Costa Rica. Yeah. I lived in Costa Rica for a little bit. Right on. So, yeah. I, uh, you know, I enjoyed a fairly diverse amount of friends, you know, from all different walks. So, took in a lot of different perspectives. Um, And for a while, I just thought, you know, I think I'm doing okay. I don't really need a, a, a God or a deity to help me to find myself but I'm also struggling with who I'm supposed to be mm. you know and, and why certain things were the way they were like I said a depression were, was hitting me hard um, and so all that you know drove me to therapy back in 2012 I started that you know I found out I was you know anxiety ridden and depressed and started all this stuff they want to give me medicine I'm like mm. Man, it sucks. All right, but I'll try to do this. Let me try to clean up my own life, so to speak. You know, financial stuff, all that. I was like, I'm going to get all this together. Yeah. And then finally, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get the uh, spiritual stuff together, too. Let me, you know what? I did go to church that one time. You know, that felt good. Let me try to go back to church, and little did I know, the Lord's going to knock me off my feet. <laughs> uh, so it's it one of the night I was, the day before I was going to go to church, I ran into an old college friend. And she told me a, about a church. This night, the night before, that day before, I was shopping. I ran to a Target. I was shopping for church stuff 
So I remember, oh, you got to dress up for church. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, it's a big thing. Black community. Uh-huh. Got to dress up for church. Sunday Bass was like, I got to go find some Target stuff. So I, I run into her at Target, and she starts talking to me about this church. And I'm thinking to myself, this is kind of odd. You know, she's telling me about church and here's shopping for church yeah, clothes. Yeah, right, right. What is this about? So I, I... Did you believe in God at this point? Um, I wasn't bold enough to say I didn't believe in God. Okay. I'll say that. Okay. I wasn't bold enough to say that. Just because, like I said, it, it's kind of... A, I feel like it's ingrained in our culture. Belief in God is just a given thing. Sure. You know, I think it's rare that you'll find a black person that doesn't... Won't say that. Yeah. You know, I believe yeah. in God. Me and Jesus. Like right. that. Uh, but we weren't. Okay. You know? Okay. And so, you know, I ran into her. Um, and... We end up chatting. She tells me about this church. You know, I'm like, oh, okay. It's kind of going in one ear out the other. I'm like, eh, she seems way too serious about the church thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a checklist I'm trying to go through. I'm not really trying to hear that. <laughs> right. But okay. So also this night, I'm going to do my last hoorah. Going out to the club. I'm going to enjoy myself. Because you're going to church in the morning. I'm going to church in so the morning. So that's it. I want to straighten up. It's Mardi Gras. I got to get straight. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. let me get one last night of hoorah. Go crazy. Right. I go too crazy, wake up too late to go to the church mm. <clears throat> that I attended to go to. The church that this, the, my friend told me about started in a few minutes, wasn't too far. I'm like, all right, I'll just go to that church. Mm. I go to that church. Um, there's a white guy speaking. When I walk in, you know, I walk in my Sunday best and thinking, all right, I'm here to impress people. I'm like, I can't wait to tell everybody else, hey, I went to church. I'm yeah. back at church. And man, this guy just starts talking about Jesus in a way that I'd never heard. Really? I don't know if the churches that I grew up in maybe sounded the same. I just know if I, if my heart was prepared to hear it. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. I don't remember knowing, hearing about Jesus in this way. I, up until that point, knew Jesus had some kind of connection into this whole religion thing. But I didn't know what his connection was. Mm-hmm. So, man... You're talking about awakening. Good guy. I don't know this guy. Like, It's like God was speaking directly through this guy to me. And I didn't understand why. Can you give a shout out to which church it was? City Lights Church. It was City, City Lights, Lights Church. Church. Okay. Shout out to City Lights Church. Okay. Uh, love those people over there. And yeah, Me too. And yeah, they're good people. And, you know, a, a specific shout out to one guy, David Diaz. It's this guy, uh, I believe he's an elder over there, walked me through just one of those tumultuous times in my life where I was faced mm. with the... Because int- most of my objections were intellectual, and this guy met me where I was. We spent hours on wow. it just talking, just talking. You know, he let me in his house, I mean, his family. You know, saw him and his wife interact, you know, saw them... You know, I not. I would say, you know, though my parents' marriage was... It wasn't horrible. They stayed together, but mm. it was very... It was a lot of like tense stress in my house all the time. Yeah. They were always fighting, and, and that's it. Always felt like they were fighting. Okay. And um, so I didn't have an example of a great marriage, you know. And my then girlfriend at the time, also her parents were, you know, they had suffered a divorce. So mm. um, we were dating at the time, um, and I had just never seen a great example <clears throat> of marriage, and seeing the way that he sacrificially loved his wife. That changed my whole perspective. And so, again, I'm like asking all these questions and just getting, you know, all these things, these intellectual blocks, walls just knocked down mm. to where eventually I was just left with myself. I had nothing else to do but repent. You know, you know, I, I, I 
had known of God, but I didn't know him. Mm. And, I didn't, and I did not know that he knew me. Wow. And that started the, the personal relationship walk with Jesus. That was 2020. That was eight years ago. And uh, here I am today. What's life been like since then? Since then. <clears throat> man. It's been different. Not easy. I'd probably say even probably in some ways tougher. <laughs> right? Because, uh, you know, when I, when I became a believer, you know, I, I dove in. Because I was looking for the identity thing that mm. was plaguing me, you know, to my bones. And then finding my identity in Christ, finding out that, you know, God knew me personally. You know, that I was wonderfully, beautifully made. Yeah. You know, that he had been taking care of me this whole time. I started to think in my life, like all these times where, you know, things happened where I just didn't, I couldn't understand. And, and it was all put into context for me mm. in those moments. Of meeting Jesus and awakening to, to His love, you know. So, <clears throat> um, since then, you know, it it's been just like this slow growth period. Mm. You know, it hasn't been perfect. You know, it's been a lot of friction. You know, I got married. Uh, particularly, I, I give a lot of credit to that uh, uh, pastor I mentioned. Um, I felt more confident about marriage. <clears throat> married my then girlfriend, and she also came to church. And, uh, you know, met the Lord and we've just been growing together. It has been easy. You know, we've made seven years this year. Um, uh, two kids. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, no, thanks. Uh, seven hard fought years, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, and you know, I had two kids. My oldest is going to be six in about a month or so. And my youngest just turned five boy and a girl. And then it's just been just a whirlwind of, of things. The Lord has shown me. Both, uh, you know, I got married fairly quick after I became a believer. So, mm. you know, it was a lot of just hard lessons right off the bat. You know, I, I grow to knew the Lord within those first couple of months, just all intellectually. It was just reading and devouring books on, on apologetics, yeah. on, uh, you know, loving the Lord with your mind because I spent so much time as a youth. Right. Not really being able to use my mind, being told that using your mind is a bad thing. Is that right? Yeah. In in the church. In the church. From actually, I would let me say this: not in the church. From my parents. Okay. From my father specifically, who okay. was in the church. You know, when I would ask these questions, you know, it would be like as if I was, you know, questioning everything. I, it it just was very offensive to me. Uh, they got dismissive with me, got into tons of fights. And so I just, I never felt the safe space to ask those questions that were really plaguing my heart mm. uh, up until that moment. So like, it's just, I felt like me and me and the Lord had a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just trying to learn everything I could. Yeah. You know, I read the Bible twice, uh, straight through, you know. Um, and it was, uh, I jumped into a, a, a discipleship program not too long afterwards. Spent three years in that subship program. Um, uh, Next Level, man. Shout out to uh, Gene Bush, who runs that at Midwest. Um, And so, yeah, this whole time has just been me getting to know who the Lord is, getting to know and being rooted in the fact that my value and worth and everything that I am comes from the Lord. Hmm. And I should always look to Him for the guidance that I need in all times, in all circumstances, especially today. Yeah. 
and that's that's kind of you know I've I've met a lot of influential biblical solid people along the way, such as yourself. Um, solid occasionally, I would say. Every now and then. <laughs> every now and then. Even a blind dog finds so, a boat so, every yeah, now and then. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I've been able to form, you know, good relationships and and, yeah. and, and learn from you all. So and that's that's kind of where I find myself today is learning. Um and and growing in Christ and being humbled more and more every day. Uh whether I want to or not. <laughs> yeah. Marriage and kids and all that will do it to you. Yes, it will. So yeah, and, and that's just been my life. Hmm. To this point. So. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna move this back here to yeah. the middle so we can have a little bit more of a dialogue. So excellent. So okay. Hopefully this isn't too loud for everyone listening. So, uh, dude, thank you for for sharing that story. And um, you know, wh- one of the the themes I kept on hearing coming up was this theme of identity, identity, right? Like you were trying to find your identity. If I understand you right, you were trying to find your identity in all these different things. And then it was once you met the Lord, once you became a follower of Jesus, you realized your identity. I love, here's, here's one thing that you said that I thought was really cool. You said you realized that God knew you. It wasn't like God started to know you, like you took the first step, but you actually looked back at your life and you could see God knew you that whole time. He was actually guiding your life. Yeah. And now, it's because you've got such a great view of God's sovereignty <laughs> that it bugs me to no Here end <laughs> that you won't just admit that you're a Calvinist. Come on, <laughs> Because, all right. Here's that took the, all of, what was it, Tim, what was, where were we at? I waited a long time, dude. That, I had to sit there. And look, it was easy because your story is very compelling. Look. But Ira, <laughs> one thing you need to know about Ira is Ira is... Uh, what we call a closet Calvinist. Um, he, I just made that up. I don't know if that's a real thing. That's what, that's what we call it. Uh, that's what we're calling. That's what I now call it. You know what I told you? I am. Go ahead. I, listen, I love the Word of God. Amen. I follow Jesus. Amen. You know the best I can. I love Him. I believe His Word is true. Um, I like John Calvin. Um, I prefer. The Calvinist to be the Calvinist troll that I am, <laughs> right? You know that. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't dispute anything that can be found in Scripture. Amen. And it's very clear. Amen. Um, it's just fun. Yeah, it's just more fun to it's be fun a Calvinist troll. It's it, fun for it you. It really is. So and fun for you too. I, you gotta admit, I it Come is. On. I do admit, and um, with all this talk about labels, identity. All right, dude. There's a reason why I called you after all this stuff with George Floyd went down, the protests and stuff like that. You're my friend. You're a brother in Christ. And yet anyone who can look at the screen right now, if you're, if you're listening on podcast, you can't see this. Um, I don't know if you can tell from our voices, but Ira is black. I am white. You could say he's African-American. I'm Caucasian-American. Which I've never understood that phrase because I don't, know, what I don't know where Caucasia is yeah. somewhere in Russia. Never been to Africa. Whatever. <laughs> right, right. Um, but uh, but there is such a national conversation right now about identity, race, ethnicity, uh, and so as as you are looking at this this conversation going on, how are you how are you processing all this? What's going on? 
in your mind, I guess, what's, what do you think is the best part of this conversation going on right now? And what do you think is the worst part about what's going yeah. on right now? Wow. So I will start off by saying, as these things are happening, I am taking my time to process. You know, I've been having conversations. I'm an external processor. So a lot of times I'm still thinking through things as I talk, um, as my wife will, will attest to. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's sometimes it's good, sometimes not so good. Right. Um, but, you know, as I, as I see what's happening today, I think in the conversations that are being had, I think one of the best things is that the conversations are being had now. Mm. Um, from, I feel like, I feel, at least in my circle, both, I hear both sides. You know, I get to talk to people who feel on both ends of this supposed argument that we'll probably get more into. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a good thing. You know, I, as a black man from the west side of Chicago, um, and even southwest, I grew up west, southwest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've seen what happens in these neighborhoods. And it's unfortunate that it takes a so-called white man killing a black man for a black life to have value. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know that what I, again, I, I know I'm contrarian in this and a lot of people probably go up in arms, but to me, you know, my black life mattered before uh, Derek Shelvin kneeled on George Floyd's neck. Mm-hmm. It happened before uh, my black life mattered before Eric Garner, before uh, Trayvon Martin, all these things, yeah. you know, it, it's matter. Every black life that I've encountered, every black life that you know matters. And this is regardless of of, of uh, walk of life, orientation, all those things, whatever it is, life matters because our lives have inherent value. Yeah. We are made in the image of God. That's the thing that defines us. That's the thing that has defined, that's the truth that has defined me yeah. my, my whole life. You know, and there was never much, again, there was never more of an awakening and just a relief and a peace for me than finding that out. Hmm. Right. And I think that's, one of the things that's being lost. How so? In that, you know, we have these you know, movements, the Black Lives Matter, you know, the opposition. I don't know quite who that is, but yeah. <laughs> right now it seems like, nope, everybody's all about it. Now. Right, right. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, and no matter your political affiliation, whatever, everybody's having those conversations. But, yeah. you know, what matters is our inherent value. And when I say things like all lives matters that's what i'm thinking about you know what what do you think about all right right now within christendom within the christian world mm-hmm. you've got some people saying we need to be saying all lives matter because um we, because we want to promote justice the equal value of everybody everybody's made in the image of god you've got other people saying we need to be saying black lives matter because that's a community that's particularly hurting right now. Sure. Then you've got the whole connection of that phrase in particular with a specific organization yeah. that, you know, you they, and I might co-opt it. Right. Yeah. Right. So wh- where do you stand on that? Let's talk about that. All right. So again, I've already given my disclaimer. Yeah. Yeah. This is one black. You man's speak opinion. for everyone. I know <laughs> one black man's opinion. Right. Um, you know, I hear what, my brothers and sisters are saying in Christ, you know, we need to be 
very specific and careful about what we mean. And I understand that for sure. I also, as a black man, understand that though there's the theological, you know, uh, implications of what we're saying mm-hmm. when we say all lives matter as Christians. Yeah. Um, I think that we can't ignore that there are this very real pain that people feel right now. Yeah. Um, I can't say that I share that pain specifically, although, you know, I, I think that there are some things I'm still kind of sifting through. You know, I don't, I don't know sure. how I truly feel about everything that's going on. I will say this, you know, that the truth matters, you know, and that truth that my brothers and sisters are trying to expose is it matters as relevant and they need to hear that. There's a time though that we need to hear that. And I'm thinking specifically of, uh, of the story of Job, right? You know, everyone should know the story of Job and, and, it's funny, as I was thinking about this, even as our pastor kind of preached this message on a Sunday about it. But that's one of the story, stories I've gravitated to for the longest because it, mm. it it answered a lot of theological questions for me. But also, I think it's very relevant for today because we, we see the pain and all the things that Job went through. And we got to see, you know, the experiences that Job had, which were very real. Mm-hmm. And he the words that he said, you know, they made us all shaky, right? We were, we were real. We we're thinking like, man, this guy's going a little hard at God right now. When he's, he's, when he's, when he's experiencing all this calamity. And he's speaking out of his pain. He's yeah. He's saying some that's things true. that probably didn't. Yeah. He know, says he doesn't curse God. He doesn't curse God. But he does say, I wish God were here. I'd prove my What's case up? to him. Yeah. I'm a victim. I'm being treated What is going here. on? I don't you know? deserve this. And, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. then we know Joe's buddies. Right. Those right? buddies come yeah. in and they're all like... Yeah, for a minute, you know, that first week they do pretty good, right? Like, yes, yeah, because they didn't say anything. Sit with them. Right. And then they start opening their mouths and exposing these truths about God, mm-hmm. but totally reverent to this guy's pain right, right now. Right. Which ends up, you know, he hurts him more. Yeah. You know? That's a good point. And I think that what I'm getting at is sure, there are the theological matters that are important, and we need to make sure that we expose them. I mean, the gospel. The gospel needs to be proclaimed at all times, you know, um, loudly, boldly. I think that should happen. However, I think that with that truth, there also should be some cautious, some caution taken and some care given to those people who may believe the same exact things you believe. Mm-hmm. But right now, there's a lot of this confusion going on and a lot of pain yeah. that I think a lot of us are still processing. I used an us. I want to try not to use an us, but yeah. when I say us, I'm referring to some of the some of the black people in your communities. Yeah, are still trying to process that because they have this truth of the Lord of of of, of Jesus caring and knowing them and, and loving them and the experiences that they've had with you, uh, non-black uh, brothers and sisters in the community, and then. They have, you know, the media and family members and all of these people that they know in their circles from their backgrounds, you know, saying, espousing and saying something completely different. It's kind of confusing, mm. you know. It was interesting. I I watched. The, I don't know if you you watch SNL. I hate SNL. So oh. look at this. Look Every at now this. and then I'll start watching it again, and then I regret it, and I stop watching it for like a long time, and then I get back into it. <laughs> so 
and it, they're on and off, right? We we yeah. don't. But I'm thinking of this process specifically. Uh, I mean, this one, um, this one uh, bit they did. I think it was called social puppeteering. It was with Adam Dreyer. Okay, have you seen it? So I haven't seen it. It was like this talk they were doing at a school. Uh, him and, and another actor, and they were talking to these kids, and they were talking about the dangers of social puppeteering. And people asked, "What? What is that?" And he was like, "Well, I'm guilty of social, social puppeteering in that you know I paid these kids, I paid you know 80 kids a dollar each to tell this one kid that he had a hat on. The only problem was he didn't have a hat on." But after a while, after 80 people coming up to him telling him he had a hat on, he started to question if he had a hat or like Dude. what. Dude. That's kind of crazy. It was hilarious. But I started thinking. That's stuff, exactly like, what's going on now. Yeah. So it's like this. <laughs> it's almost this bit of gaslighting. And that's that it. Gaslighting. We're trying to figure out, okay, I feel this one way. Yeah. I know these truths. But also... I've been told that nonstop by the media, by other black people, by that I'm oppressed and that there exists this crazy concept called white privilege in which white people are somehow essentially better than me because of the color of their skin, right. which to me is reverse racism. You know, right? I mean, I mean that's the re- that, not reverse racism. That's the real racism. Yeah. Is that you're telling people that a, a, a certain class of people, a group of people, because of the color of their skin, yeah. enjoy more privileges and there's nothing you can do about it. Right. Dude, you know, I was just talking with my wife about this and I, I'm not the first person to come up with this, but like, don't you think that if you try to deal with questions of racism and there's, dude, there's no question in our country. There are racists. There, there are racists today and we've got much racism in our past, blatant legal racism, like sure. legitimately terrible stuff. Not long ago. Not that long ago. Not that long right. ago. You know, Within living Crow memory was, for a yeah. lot of people. Yeah. Civil rights was only what? 60, 70, 60 70 years Yeah, ago. yeah. So, so um, oh, so where was I going with that? So we've got, where was I? Uh, oh, yeah. So, but if you try to deal with it, if you, if you, if you don't recognize that it's like sin, like that, which is the theological category, right? Sure. And you try to deal with it and eradicate it with anything other than the gospel of Jesus Christ. And because I know I have people watch this waiting for me to say something wrong, I want to just clarify here, not just the gospel. Like you said, we have to preach the gospel, but there are, there are, um, if, if there is systemic and legal and societal change that needs to happen, we address that as well. I think we do it as Christians, gospel driven Christians, right? Yeah. But if you try to do it without the gospel, doesn't it just feel like you're just rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic? It's like, we're, we were all racist towards these people, mm-hmm. prejudice, whatever you want to call it. Now we're all going to be prejudiced towards these people to really even the score. Yeah. It's like, that's not, that's not how the gospel works. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? No, I mean, I think you're right in that, you know, it's... So here's a, here's a, the, the thought that came to my mind, both as you said that and as I've been thinking more and more about it. You know, the problem with saying that a whole system is rigged against us, but not identifying specific things, you know, it's hard to speak truth to that, one. How so? And that, you know, if, if everything is the problem and just saying, you know, oh, Jesus is the solution, even though that may be true, mm-hmm. you know, it, you miss 
sort of practicums that are involved with that. Which like specific like having, specific areas you know, to, and I, I can't to remedy. you know it's hard to it's hard to find remedies for that. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and yeah. in in the in the scriptures when we're talking to people because, you know, if the whole system has been broken and, and everybody's you know, everybody's a racist, you know, to a degree, you know, without the conversation without the obviously what we know about sin mm-hmm. and that every person here has fallen. Yeah. You know, and so everything that we're gonna come up with is from a fallen state of mind. Mm-hmm. See? Yeah. Amen. See? Look at that. I gave you that. Hey, hey. That's biblical. I'm going to go back to trolling you. That's Hold biblical. On. Don't. Let the record Either show. Way. <laughs> Score one for total depravity. Jeez. <laughs> All right. So. So. So if we, yeah, if we try to address it without addressing, addressing that reality. Addressing that reality. Right. So, you know, and, and like you said, there were very, there are very real, um, I wouldn't say, I don't know about systemic racism, but very real instances of racism that occur in yeah. America, all over the world, yeah. really. Yeah. And with no true basis other than this person has a different color skin. Right. You know, and there's all these biases right. that come with it, you know. Um, but the truth is, Ignorant. again, I'm biased. You're bi- we all have those faults. Amen. You know, we're all battling from what the gospel tells us and why it should be proclaimed loudly, especially in this instance, with caution yeah. as we address other people's pains and listen to them, um, that we're all on the same playing field. Mm-hmm. God is the standard. Amen. Not the Republicans, not the Democrats, Amen. not the black people, not the white people, Hispanics, whatever. God is the standard. Amen. Jesus is the goal. We are trying to become like Christ. Yeah. In all of our pain and all of the messiness of the world and 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 of our individual stories, mm. you know, in the grand scheme of what God is doing through COVID, George Floyd, all those things, mm-hmm. he is making us more like Christ. Amen. That's going to look different for all of us. You know, um what do you mean it's going to look different? And then that our experiences, the way he shapes us will, oh, will be different. The process because, because and what I'm, what I'm getting at you. is that we're individuals. Yeah. And we have to address these issues individually, bro. You know, you can't, it just won't be fixed. It, we can't address them any other way. And I think that will alleviate some of the confusion. You know, I, I, I would hope that that would diffuse some of the things, you know, because we look, let's take a give example. If we look at the instance with Derek Chauvin and, and George Floyd, mm-hmm. these are two individuals. Uh, I don't know if he was a racist, if he had a track record of being horrible to black people, right. from what I know of today. You know, he had a horrible record. Period. Period. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know if he was, it's not like he was mean to women, uh, people alike. He had a yeah. lot of issues. Um, George Floyd, again, had issues, yeah. you know, and he said it was drugs in the system. All that doesn't matter. That doesn't demean or belittle the fact right. that he, his life was valuable. Correct. You know, but these totally. were two flawed men in a, in a, in one instance of an encounter that ended with a man losing his life. If we try to feed all this other stuff into it, mm. you know, we not only do we, I think we we dishonor, um, you know, what we know to be true, is that both of those men were flawed and fallen. Yeah. Um, we dishonor the opportunity that we have to to speak the truth of the gospel in in those instances, you know, and that's again that's what I this is circling back to where where we started, you know, that's what I mean by. That's what's being lost right now, mm. is that we we lose the ability to look at these individual situations and 
speak the truth about who Trayvon Martin was, who George Zimmerman was, who Eric Gardner was. Mm. All the because they were individuals. You okay. know, with stories. And we lose that if you know we lump them into this grand narrative. If we just view people by skin color or by class people group or, or by p- power level in society. Yes. That sort of thing. Yeah. Um do you um Dude, there's so much more we could cover with this. We probably do need to have a part We're two. We gotta have a part two. We do need to have a part two. Um, yeah, because yeah, we 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 need to wrap this up. But um, but brother, this is exactly why I wanted to have you on uh, as um, guest host slash interviewee here because so uh, troll. Yeah, so you control. Really no, I, I did that in spite of the fact that I knew you were... <laughs> it's like, I'm weighing in the balance. I'm like, good insights, but high level of trolling. And in the end, the Come good on, insights, man. they outweighed the trolling. So good... good Everybody loves a good troll, you know? I mean, love is a strong word. Everybody loves a good troll. I love you as a brother in Christ. The whole... But How we, do you think Trump got elected, brother? Oh, hey, which, part who you two. Who are you voting for? Part two. Part two. All right. Um, well, you know, I'm black. So I got to vote Joe Biden. Well, right, because if you don't, you ain't black. But I don't know who I am anymore. <laughs> All right. So, so uh, <laughs> I love it. All right. Um, go to part two. We, we we'll, go to, we'll go to part two next time. Thank you, everyone who is watching, who is listening. These are the kind of conversations we need to have. And one of the things I love and respect about Ira is the brother puts his identity in Christ First, and I, I dare say without denying any other descriptor about himself. And that's what I'm trying to do as well. And if we're going to be united in Christ, God help us if we don't meet at the foot of the cross that says, Amen. that says we are fallen. We are sinful. I am at least as sinful as Ira. And if, really if no, at least a little bit more. Well, I'm not saying maybe. I think probably yeah, definitely yeah, a little sure. bit more. Yeah. You know, my dad always told me, uh, Paul said he was the chief of sinners, but he never met me, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah. if, if we don't, if we don't come with that attitude of humility, recognizing our sinfulness or brokenness and recognizing that through Jesus Christ, we are new creations, that I've got more in common with my brother Ira than I do with a person who looks exactly like me, who's not in Christ, because we've got the same Holy Spirit in us. Mm-hmm. And as the saying goes, blood runs thicker than water. The blood of Christ is thicker than the water of birth. And so um, I think that's a good place to start. I think maybe we make this an ongoing conversation. We don't talk about race and stuff every time, ethnicity. I mean, you you, you could probably, we could probably talk we about it. Talk about all stuff, we yeah. do talk yeah. about all this stuff any, anytime. Uh, like, uh, it's cool. It's fine. I do know other things. You know, right, but, I know. How cliche. I got, I got the black yeah. guy and now we're going to talk yeah. about ethnicity. I get, yeah, yeah, I got a call. I got a call. I know. Whatever. All right. Next time, let me know. It's like bring my racial tension head at uh, title and all. Yeah, yeah. I carry that around. That's good. Well, I've gotta, <laughs> I got to bring my uh, my white guilt. <laughs> so that's good. Um, all right. So thank you guys all for watching. Connect with the um, connect with the dude. Are you are you on? You're like you don't do much on social media. I don't. I don't. Is that intentional, just, or is this, you don't have time for that stuff? Sometimes it's intentional. Sometimes it's just life, man. Yeah. Other stuff is happening. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I like to withdraw to, you know, get a, I get enough yeah. of your posts. As well. I, like, I know. Oh, this guy. I know. It's yeah. good. You need more though. Yeah. We're going to get you finally straightened out. Call yourself a Calvinist. It'll be good. We'll get you there. Um, now that I said that, Time I know by I, Christ. <laughs> yeah. Now that I said that, I know you're digging your heels even more because you're like, Woo! which by the way, 
Can I just say? No, I'm not going to say it. Can Go I say on, what say Billy Priesty said that. about? Do you know what Billy Priesty said about you? No. Our mutual friend Billy. He's like, he's like, I met Ira. I don't know if I should say this. I probably shouldn't say it. I want to hear it. Should you say it on air? He goes, <laughs> that's right, right. I'll tell you afterwards. I'll it was good. Okay, it was good. I think it was a good thing. Yeah. It was a good thing, but I won't say it on Okay. Here. I won't say it on here. It was a, right, I think it's well. one of the highest compliments anyone can give. Love you, Billy. All right. Um, so um, connect with the Think Institute by going to thethink.institute. If you have yet to do so, please like our Facebook page, The Think Institute. Subscribe to us on YouTube. It's the Think Institute YouTube channel and also on social media. You know what? This has not been goodbye. This is just a little pit stop along the way of your spiritual journey to get you refueled and equipped. Get back out there. I, I know you heard something that's going to be useful for this next week. Get back out there. Love your brothers and sisters in Christ, regardless of skin color. Celebrate their ethnicity. Celebrate their skin color. And you know what? Treat people the way you want to be treated, the way Jesus Christ treats you. Um, if you're not yet a Christian, and I hope you heard the gospel, and I yeah. hope you found it compelling. I really do. If you want to know more about that, reach out to to uh, reach out to me, thethink.institute at gmail.com. If you want to talk to Ira, reach I do out. have social media, just Ira Milton. I will eventually check it out. Can't promise I'll get back to people yeah. soon, but you listen. You want to reach out to me, and maybe or I can put them in touch yeah. with you, you as do well. Okay. So. Um, that about wraps it up for us now. Until next time, hope it made you think.